All right, if you'll get your Bible out, we'll be in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. I'm looking forward to uh, what the Lord has for the church tonight. And I want you to know this, the church has a vital place in God's plan. You're part of something that's vital. You're part of something that is important. You're not just part of a club or a group or an organization. We're part of the body of Christ. We are God's plan A. There is no plan B. Do you understand? There is no plan B. You are not God's second best. You are God's first choice. And I want you to know this, being connected to a local church like Capital City Baptist Church, you're part of something bigger than we are. We're part of something that will outlive us and outlast us. You're not just here doing a job. You're not just here teaching a class. But you're doing something of eternal value. Every time you sing, every time you pray, every time you give, every time you encourage, every time you gather, we're part of Jesus church. Amen? And so thank God for that. So let's get into the text tonight. I want you to see, uh, first of all, in chapter 2, he speaks about the day of Christ. Look in verses 1 down through verse 4. We're talking about the day of Christ. Now we beseech you, brethren, he's speaking to the church, speaking to believers. He says, we beseech you, we beg you, we implore you, how? By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken. Watch this, in mind. How many of you know that is where the battle begins? The battle begins in the way that we think. We must be transformed. That word speaks of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. We must be changed. How? We must be transformed by the renewing of what? Our mind. Amen? And so we must renew our mind. We must not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we must renew our mind. Why? Because the battle is won or lost in the way we think. Listen, we must hold to hope. We must hold to faith. We must hold to love in the way we think. We must think right in order to be right. And in order to live right and to do right. It all starts with thinking right. Listen, you are not a waste. You are not just some old nasty sinner saved by grace. You are a child of the King. You have royal blood flowing in your veins. Hey, you were a beggar. Now you're a child of God. God. Hey, listen, you're a saint of God. You're holy. You're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You are somebody. You have a place in the heart of God, the mind of God, and your own God's heart and mind. He loves you, but you have to keep that in your mind. He says this, or be troubled neither by spirit don't let any spirit trouble you, nor by word. Don't let any preacher trouble you, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. He says this, don't worry. You've, the, the, the rapture hasn't taken place. 
The Lord hasn't taken the church out of here. Sometimes our crowd on Wednesday night makes me think the rapture took place and we got left. But I want you to know this. Uh, you don't got to worry about that. Amen. Don't let anybody trouble you. Jesus is coming for the church. Jesus is not going to leave you out or leave you behind. You have his life in you and because his life is in you, you have what it takes to leave here when Jesus calls the church out of here. And he says, don't be troubled by this he says uh, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there uh, come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, I want you to look tonight. We're going to look at this in reference to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, this is very important. There are two different events that are going to take place in the future. One event is the rapture of the church. That's when you and I are called out of here. Amen. And uh, after that happens, there'll be a seven-year period. And after that seven years, Jesus Christ is coming back. And so what he's telling them here are some things that will take place before the second coming of Jesus Christ. I want you to see he speaks about a falling away. We spoke about that uh, last uh, Sunday in 1 Timothy, that falling away. There'll be some that depart. There'll be a shrinking of the visible church. Let me just say this. Not everybody in the church is saved. Amen? Not everybody that claims to be a child of God is a child of God. Only those that are born again. Only those that are blood washed. Only those that are trusting Jesus are saved. Not everybody that's in the church, not everybody that gathers is a believer. Now look what he says here. He says, The day of Christ, the man of sin must be revealed. Look what he says in verse 3. Let no man deceive you. That day shall not come. There's the falling of way. And the man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition. Now who is he referring to here? He's referring to this man of sin known as the Antichrist. There will be an ultimate Antichrist that comes on the scene. Now, first John said there's many Antichrists in the world. There's many of them in the world, but there is a figurehead that will be the Antichrist, and he will be a world leader. He'll bring peace on the earth for three and a half years. He will be a physical person on earth. He says in verse 4, He will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, this is where the scripture is giving us some insight that um, there'll be a time after we're gone out of here as believers, as the church, that the temple in Jerusalem will be rebuilt. All right? So right now in Jerusalem on the Dome of the Rock there, the Muslims have possession of that, right? And one day I want you to know that the temple will be rebuilt on the Temple Mount. The Antichrist is going to pretend that he is God. He is going to sit on the throne that Jesus Christ is going to sit on when he comes back and rules for a thousand years. He's going to put himself in the temple as if he is God. 
And He's going to reveal Himself to be worshipped and people are going to worship Him. Now, the Jews right now that live on earth, as a whole, they reject that Jesus Christ that came 2,021 years ago is the Messiah. They're still waiting on their Savior. And do you know who they are going to think their Messiah is? This Antichrist. They're going to think that He is their Messiah for a season. Then their eyes are going to be opened. Uh, we see here that He speaks about, uh, in verse 4, He's showing Himself as God. Uh, do you know there's going to be an event that takes place at the midway point of the Great Tribulation? The Antichrist is going to make a sacrifice in the temple on the altar. And the only sacrifices allowed there are clean animals. But he is going to sacrifice a pig on the altar. And when he does that, the eyes of the Jewish nation will be open and they'll realize, hold on a minute, this is not our kosher Savior. Amen? And they're going to be persecuted. The mark of the beast will come on the scene. You won't, they, they won't be able to buy, sell, shop, fly on an airplane, travel without this mark. Amen? And so just a little precursor for that, COVID is setting the stage for those that are lost to take the mark of the beast. My dad was supposed to leave just the other day for a mission trip in Romania. He bought his ticket. He paid for his reservations. Two days before they left, they said, you cannot travel unless you can prove you've had your vaccinations. He lost his money, lost everything, and he could not make the trip. And so there's many today that say, you know what? I really don't want to take the vaccine, but in order to do things I enjoy to do, I'll take it. Now, brother and sister, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. To take the vaccine, I'm not saying it's a sin, but listen to me very carefully. It is setting the stage. It is setting the precursor. Somebody say amen uh, for people to say, you know what? There's no way I'll let my family starve. There's no way that I'll let my family go without medical treatment. There's no way I'm not going to travel and have vacation. Yep, line me up, sign me up, give me the mark, put it on my forehead, put it on my hand. And many people are going to take the mark so they can still enjoy their way of life. But listen, in this time, in this place, if you take the mark of the beast, you're damned. Damned to hell for eternity. You can't wipe it off. You can't erase it off. You can't burn it off. You are damned. Your future is already sealed. And so we see here that before Jesus returns, there'll be this great falling away and there'll also be the revelation of the Antichrist. Now let me share with you about the ministry of the church. I want you to see this. What is the church doing now? What is the ministry of the church of you and I up until we're taken out of here? Look what the Bible says in verse number 5. It says, Remember ye not that when I was with you I told you these things. He says this, And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Here's what he says here. Right now, the reason the Antichrist is not being revealed is because there's something 
holding back evil. There's something in the world that's holding back, that's withholding that he might be revealed in this time. Do you know why? Listen, Satan is sitting on go. He is ready to put his man on the world stage. He Listen, his man will call down fire from heaven. His man will do miracles. His man will heal the sick. Look, Satan already has him picked out and Satan is sitting on go. Listen, you got to understand this. If if Satan was not on a leash, if Satan was not limited, he would kill every one of us. He would wreck every one of us. He would burn this world to the ground. But there's something on planet earth that withholds him, that keeps him back. And that is the church of Jesus Christ. While the church is here, we occupy. We push back the devil. We push back darkness. Listen, your prayers matter. Your prayers hold back the demons of hell. Hey, your worship holds back the the demons of hell. Hey, your prayers bind Satan and keep them off your family. I'm telling you, brother and sister, you have a very important job in this day and hour. The church is working to hold back the evil one and as soon as the church is raptured out of here, there's nothing to hold him back. Listen, you can't imagine how much influence you have. Listen, every time you wake up, Satan trembles. Every time your feet hit the floor and you bow your knees in prayer, all hell trembles. Why? Because Satan knows. Y'all can let me preach all by myself if you want to, but I'm telling you, you matter to God. You may feel like God forgot about you and your dreams aren't coming true and you want God to do more for you. Let me just say in this, you're serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and God has you praying and God has you singing and God has you soul winning. Why? To keep that evil one back. Listen very carefully. There's a day coming that the church will not be here doing her job but you've got a job to do that's why you need to be in your place that's why you need to be in your prayer closet that's why you need to be reading the word of God why because our job is to hold back the evil one until his time but the antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed from the earth I want you to see in verse 7 uh, will the uh, will be taken the church in the rapture look in verse 7 for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. See, already there's this mystery of iniquity. You ever wonder how lost people could be so dumb and so wicked and so ungodly? It's a mystery of iniquity. Look, they know what they're doing is damaging them. They know what they're doing is damning them. But there's this mystery of iniquity. Uh, they like it. They love it. They want some more of it. You know what I'm saying? They know it's destroying their lives. There's this mystery of iniquity. Look what he says here in verse 7. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Brother and sister, listen very carefully. When the church is taken out of the earth, the Spirit of God that lives in us, that works in us, He's going to let the protection on planet earth is going to be lifted when you're lifted. Let me just say this. Those crooked perverted homosexuals in Washington that hate the church, they don't know what a blessing we are to their life. 
Listen, those that mock God, those that curse God, the Antichrist that has no room for God that makes fun of the church and makes fun of your walk and the way you live and the way you dress and what you give your time to, they have no idea what a blessing you are to them. They have no idea that you're keeping the devil off their back and the Antichrist off their family. They have no idea, but there's a day coming when the church is gone. He that letteth will let no more and evil will run rampant on this earth. And listen, I'm telling you, countless and countless of Gentiles are going to die and spend eternity in a devil's hell. They don't know what a blessing we are. They don't know how much we love them. They don't know how much we care for them. They say we're intolerant because we love their soul. They say we need to back down and back off. They don't understand we've got a mission. Jesus said, I've left you here to be the salt. I've left you here to be light. I've left you here to occupy. They don't know we got a job to do. We're manning our post. We're obeying our captain. We're loving their soul. But when we're gone, they're going to miss us when we're gone. They're going to miss us when we're gone. We see here that we're going to be taken out of here in the rapture of the church. Then that evil one's going to come on the stage. The second coming's not long on the heels of that. So we, I want you to see this. We see the day of Christ, that second coming. We see the ministry of the church right now. I want you to see this. I want you to see the wicked one when he arrives. Look what the Bible says in verse 8. And when, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the Spirit of His mouth. I want you to see this. First of all, before Satan and the Antichrist and the dragon and the false prophet ever get here, mark it down, defeated. Already defeated. Listen, Satan has no victory. He will have no victory. He is defeated and God will consume him with the word of his mouth. When we come back with Jesus at the second coming of the church, we're coming back in our battle array. We're coming back to fight. But listen very carefully. You won't have to lift a sword. I won't have to lift a sword. We'll stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He'll consume the wicked one with just his own words. He's defeated. Hey, listen, you're fighting a defeated foe. And Satan knows he's defeated. I just hope that we know he's defeated. He has no power over us. He's a liar and the father of lies and his deception and his, he's got a lot of bark but no bite. He's got a growl and no teeth. He's defeated. Stop letting them win. Stop giving them a foothold. Stop letting them in your mind. Stop letting them in your marriage. Stop letting them in your children. Stand against the wiles of the devil. He's a defeated foe. Listen, not just this. He's defeated. I want you to see what else he'll do in verse 9. He'll perform miracles. Now watch this. Even him, in verse 9, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power. My goodness, did you get that? And signs and lying wonders. Brother and sister, When that Antichrist comes, he is going to perform miracles. Let me just give you a word of caution. Be careful seeking for miracles and seeking for a sign. John the Baptist, the Bible says, there's never been a man born of woman greater than John the Baptist. And the Bible says this about him. And he did know miracles. 
Miracles are not evident. Listen very carefully. There are false cults. There's false religions all around the world that claim miracles. I don't doubt the miracles. I just know the source of them. I believe they're miracles. But don't try to tell me this Holy Ghost miracles. They don't even serve the same Jesus that I serve. He'll have, he'll perform miracles. Watch this. I want you to see this wicked one. He'll have a following. He'll have a big following. Look in verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Did you know that? This Antichrist is going to have a fan club. He's going to have a following. People are going to flock to him, predominantly non-Jews. Predominantly non-Jews. So right now in the church age, the church is predominantly non-Jews. But after the rapture, the work is going to be predominantly in the Jews. Now, God's interested in the Jewish nation during this time of seven years. The Jewish men and women are going to recognize who the anti... They're going to fall for His signs and wonders. They're going to think He's their Savior because they still think Jesus is coming to set up an earthly kingdom. And He is. But He came to set up a spiritual one first. And then when He sacrifices that pig on the altar, their eyes are going to be open. They're going to say, Oh, my goodness... Forgive us, God. And then they're going to be persecuted, beheaded, tortured. And they've got to endure to the end and not take the mark to be saved. Now listen. When this begins to take place, there's going to be a big following, mostly of Gentiles that follow Him. Now look, there's two types of people. There's two types of people I want you to see. I want you to see in verse 10 and 11. I want to read verse 10 and 11 again very carefully. And with all deceivableness, the Antichrist, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. That means the unsaved, all right? In the unsaved, they'll be deceived in unrighteousness. Now, why? Because they receive not the love of the truth. Now, when were they to receive that? when the church was here. They were to receive the truth when the church was here. The church is gone now. That they might be saved. In other words, they were on the earth. They were not saved. The rapture took place. All right? Now watch this. Verse 11. I want you to see what happens here. The Bible says this. And for this cause, what cause? Here it is. Listen, go back to verse 10. Why did God, why is God, what is the cause? For this cause, God, what is God, why is God about to do this? Go back to verse 10. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They heard the truth, they did not receive it to be saved. Because they heard the gospel, did not receive the gospel. Verse 11 says, For this cause God shall send them that heard the gospel and did not receive it, strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. In other words, if you heard the gospel one time, 
while the church was here and you did not get saved, you were going to hell after the rapture of the church. You cannot be saved. You won't want to be saved. Why? Because God is going to send the spirit of delusion upon you and you will not see that the Antichrist is the Antichrist. Listen, Barry, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to not get saved when you hear the gospel. Why? Because if the rapture takes place tonight, you're damned forever. Well, what a sight, what a thought. Listen, if you've heard the gospel, I beg you, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus may hear the trumpet sound tonight and the church will be gone and you'll be left here and you'll remember me saying, you cannot be saved, you will not be saved and you'll be miserable for seven years and you're going to die and go to a devil's hell. Listen, it's not a light thing to ignore the gospel. It's not a light thing to walk over the gospel. It's not a light thing to ignore the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a serious thing to hear the gospel and to say no to Jesus Christ. He says this, they'll believe a lie. But won't you see there's another kind of person. Won't you see the saved. What he says in verse 13, But we are bound to give thanks all way to God for you, brethren. Beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, listen church, I want you to know this is in your end. Look, there's those that are saved. He says that in verse 13. That they are beloved of God. They have been chosen. They're saved. Are you saved tonight? Are you saved from God's judgment? Are you saved from God's wrath? Have you put your trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Have you repented of sin and trusted Jesus? If so, the Bible says you are S-A-V-E-D, saved. Saved, saved, saved. Thank God I'm saved. Look, they're also sanctified. Look what he says in verse 13 on down there. He says this, Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Sanctified means set apart from God. Thank God we've been set apart for God by the Spirit of God. Did you know the day you got saved, you were given a seal? You were given a seal that distinguishes you from the lost world. God sees the seal of His Holy Spirit upon your life. And that seal is God's deposit. It is God's earnest payment. It is God's engagement ring to you. Do you understand that God gave you the third person of the triune God? Did you Do you understand that the Holy Ghost is God's earnest payment? You know what an earnest payment is? An earnest payment is when you give somebody some of your money to say, I guarantee you I'm going to come back and buy this house. 
Nobody else can have it. Nobody else can buy it. You can't sell it to nobody else. Listen, Jesus gave the sweet Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost as His earnest. And He said nobody else can have it. Nobody else can buy it. Nobody else can take it. It belongs to me. And because it belongs to me, it's going to live with me. And I just want you to know today, you've been sanctified by the Spirit of God. And He lives in you. And He dwells in you. And you've been sealed unto the day of of redemption. There's no need to fear. There's no need to worry. There's no need to doubt now. God's given you an engagement ring and He never breaks His promise. He never renegotiates on His deals. He's made a covenant with you and He's coming back for you. You're not appointed to wrath. You're not appointed to God's judgment. Listen, thank God we're appointed unto salvation. Look, save. Thank God I've trusted Jesus. Thank God I'm sanctified. But look what he says here also. He speaks about being glorified. Look what he says in verse number 14. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, thank God one day we're going to be glorified. Brother and sister, I'm not worried about the Antichrist. Why? I'm not worried about the mark of the beast. Why? I'm not worried about this one world currency. Why? Because I'll be G-O-N-E gone. I'm taking off in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going past the moon, past the stars, past the atmosphere. I'll be with Jesus forever. And thank God I'll have a glorified body. Listen, this body won't ache no more. This body won't be tired no more. This body won't get sick no more. I'll be whole mind, body, soul, spirit all together for all eternity. Brother and sister, don't be down in the dumps. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because God's next event is our graduation day. God's next event is our glorification day. God's next event is us going home and getting out of this old sinful world and leaving the troubles behind and leaving the darkness behind and leaving sin behind. We'll live with Jesus forever. Thank God. Thank God we're saved. Amen. Now listen, if you've never been saved, I promise you this, you're going to die and go to hell if the church leaves before you get saved because I know I've preached the gospel to you. I know you're accountable and you need to be saved. If you're not sure you're saved, nail it down tonight. Call on Jesus. Say, Jesus, save me. Save me. I trust you. And let me just say this. If you've been saved, you don't need to get saved again. My goodness. You ain't got other day, somebody said, well, I believe you can lose it. Let me, let me just say this. The other day, I love butterflies. I didn't like butterflies until I married my wife. And it's kind of a little inside thing, but butterflies are pretty special and important to her. So I, I, I watch butterflies now. You know, butterflies, before they was a butterfly, they was a cocoon. And before they was a cocoon, they was a what? Caterpillar. You know, <laughs> I, I've seen... A caterpillar in the cocoon. That's called a chrysalis, right? And I, I've seen the change. I've seen a caterpillar spin a cocoon and come out a butterfly, born again. But you know what? For the life of me, I've never seen a butterfly turn back into a caterpillar. Hey, listen, I go into, I'm a sheep. I'll never be a dog again. I'll never be a hog again. 
I'm a saint of God. I'll never be a sinner again. Amen. Hey, I'm a child of God. I'll never be a child of the devil again. Amen. Hey, I've got a home in heaven. I'll, I'll never see hell. I'll never see the lake of fire. I'll never be in that place. Thank God for salvation, full and free by Jesus Christ. Listen, if you've been saved, listen, you may stumble, you may backslide, you may fall, but God will snatch a knot in you. He'll work in you. He'll get you on track again. Listen, I thank God that I can trust Him. Amen? Amen and amen. Church, I love you. God's so good. The rapture's going to happen sometime soon. And uh, I don't know when. And uh, I hope I see every one of you in the sky. Amen? I want to I look over there and I just want to see everybody. Amen? I wonder if God's going to let us go up as a church together. Like if we all gather together and head that direction together. You know what I'm saying? And uh, what a blessing that would be. But look, don't let the family circle be broken. I don't want anybody from the Capital City Baptist Church to die without Jesus. I don't want to see one person die without Jesus. Trust the Lord. Amen. All right.